Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. I am Erica Dutley, your host. I am an international board certified lactation consultant currently in private practice and the owner of Enriched Lactation based out of Northern Indiana. I created this podcast to highlight, amplify, and document the journeys of Black lactation professionals. Today's colleague is Lydia O'Boyd. Lydia O'Boyd is an international board-certified lactation consultant, a certified lactation educator, and doula who is currently employed at Watts Healthcare Corporation in the WIC department as a breastfeeding peer counselor. Ms. Boyd has been in private practice since 2016, and she is one-fourth of the teaching team for the Black course, which is a full-scope lactation and breastfeeding education course made by and for Black people and folks supporting Black breastfeeding. This course is designed to be a prep course for aspiring IBCLCs and breastfeeding counselors. The passion to support families on their breastfeeding journey for Miss Boyd started with the delivery of her son at 28 weeks gestation in 1996, whom she breastfed for a year. After experiencing breastfeeding with minimal support, Lydia committed to providing support for families that Lydia never received herself. Lydia received her first peer counselor certification in 2007 through Black Infant Health at the Pasadena Department of Public Health in Los Angeles, California through a community scholarship program. In 2011, Lydia became a certified lactation educator through the UC San Diego Extension Currently, Ms. Boyd has a double major in sociology and health science. In December of 2020, Lydia became an IBCLC. Lydia began her community service in 2007 by working with Soul Food for Your Baby, which works to increase breastfeeding rates within the African-American community while addressing birth and feeding disparities. In 2016, Ms. Boyd launched her private practice where she provides educational, technical, and emotional support to expecting and breastfeeding families. Lydia's specialty includes supporting families who are returning to work and school and those who are ending their breastfeeding relationship through weaning or in the event of a loss. Understanding the history of slavery and all forms of racism that Black families who are descendants of U.S. slavery have endured over, in, over generations, Lydia provides a safe space to reframe family traditions to include breastfeeding. This reframing includes Mrs. Understanding the history of slavery and all forms of racism that Black families who are descendants of U.S. slavery have endured over generations, Lydia provides a safe space to reframe family traditions to include breastfeeding. This reframing includes Miss Boyd's personal model branding. Our village is made of awesome breastfeeders who birth genius babies fed on the best milk in town. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. 
So share with me your route into the lactation space. What's a glimpse of pre-lactation, Lydia? Uh, pre-lactation, Lydia. Um, I worked in IT. Um, I worked uh, a lot of administrative positions, um, contract work, temp work. And um, then I had my baby. Um, and I, so I needed something a little bit more permanent and I ended up taking a position, um, as an executive assistant, uh, at one of our local hospitals, um, who reporting to a perinatologist and, um, they were working on, um, addressing, um, poor birth outcomes in here in Los Angeles County. And so that's, how I got my baptism in maternal child health and eventually uh, breastfeeding and lactation support. Awesome. And so let's take it back a little bit farther. And so when you graduated high school, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be when you quote unquote grew up? <laughs> when I graduated from high school, my plan was to go to cosmetology school um pass my boards and be like this bomb um stylist and yeah that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> i did complete all my hours i clocked all of my hours and then i never sat for my exam um and i immediately went to work um by the time i finished cosmetology school i was like oh i didn't want to be with all these women <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to be, I don't want to have to do nothing to do with women. And that's why when I went into IT, it seemed like it was perfect. Um, and during that time, um, well, actually soon after that, um, I transitioned from a relaxer to natural hair. And I became one of the thought leaders here in Los Angeles for the natural hair community. Ended up right back with all the women. <laughs> <laughs> and during that time is then when I went into maternal child health um, field. And yeah, so I couldn't get away from the women. Gotcha. And so you had mentioned that once you had your son and that is what started the pivot um, into lactation land. So what was your point of entry? What was your role um, when starting in this space? Um I went in as a peer breastfeeding counselor. Um, I received a scholarship to take a training through um, the Black Infant Health Program here in Los Angeles County. And um, so I did it on, as a volunteer. And um, I was ended up, I ended up being laid off from my job working for the perinatologist. And um, right before then we had a program um, a project actually that was launching called Soul Food for Your Baby here in Los Angeles. And it was specifically meant to address uh, breastfeeding rates within the African-American community. And um, I started doing volunteer work for them. Eventually I ended up uh, joining their board of directors and being the board chair. Um, and so that's actually how I became known in Los Angeles for my work in lactation. And um that took me places and um, I ended up transitioning to work at WIC and um, I did some speaking engagements and, you know, started helping moms and stuff. And yeah. That's fantastic. So I know you've been in this space working 
with um, birthing parents with breastfeeding and chest feeding for over a decade. Um, so share with us kind of how that played out and kind of how you heard about IBCLCs and if that was something right out of the gate you had on your agenda to accomplish. Well, when I was working um, with the perinatologist, I, um, we were, she had a, a board, uh, advisory board, and it was right before they changed the requirements for IBCLC. And um, I was like, wow, that's something I really want to do. But then I heard this increase in requirements and I was like, oh my God, I don't think I could ever do this. And I remember the elders then, um, the Black elders then that were in the, the field doing the community work. They were like, no, Lydia, you would be great. And that's when I took my first uh, PC training. And from there, um, I was supposed to be working towards this. And it was just something, it took a long time for me to actually get going. Um, I, my son was little. He was in elementary school. And I just couldn't see myself going to school because at that time I had to take all of the 14 sciences in addition to, I had prerequisites to do. So I didn't um, really become active, active uh, in pursuing IBCLC until um, I had been at Wake for some years and I had to do a um, presentation for the California Breastfeeding Summit uh, representing Soul Food for Your Baby. And that year, I was just blown away with all of the Blacktivists that I saw at the summit. And I was amazed and I sat at the table. I sat, did a panel discussion with some amazing power hitters in the, in the field. And I um, was just blown away. Um, and so by the time I walked away, I felt really kind of bad and just like, oh my God, I'm not there. And my supervisor at the time, she was like, this needs to be the last time you feel bad about this. You need to go and get your IBCLC. And she was like, you need to do it. And one of the things that really spurred me on was she said, Lydia, you're the smartest one here. Now, mind you, this woman has IBCLC. She's my supervisor. Um, I worked under IBCLC. Um, at that time, I had worked under three, one including my mentor. Um, one of my teammates who was a PC at the time um, was IBCLC. Um, I was the lowest man on the totem pole. And, um, you know, I look at them as experts. And for my supervisor to say, you're the smartest one here, kind of blew me away. And so that spurred me and I started taking classes. And it was I took two classes every semester. And, um, I took one classes in the you know summer and winter sessions, and I took two classes every other semester um, until I finished. And um, it took mm, it took probably about three years. I'm gonna say three, four years for me to finish because, like I said, I had prerequisites to do, um, and. Um, I had to, by the time I finished, I had to retake my CLE training because it had, um, it was longer than five years. I had originally got my CLE when I first started working at WIC and that was 10, 10 years ago. And um, so I had to retake it. Um, in the midst of that, I had a medical emergency and was out of work for like 13 months. Um, 
And during that time, I had to not only come up with another 45 hours, I needed to finish my initial 45 hours. And um, all this time, um, I'm, you know, we're going into a pandemic and I'm um, doing all of my virtual work, um, still seeing families. Um, and yeah, and so I finally submitted and was approved with special accommodations because I had some <clears throat> physical limitations. And lo and behold, the day before I was to sit for IBCLC, my best friend's brother was murdered um, by the sheriffs. Mm -hmm. So as I was sitting down to get that last little study in, I had to pack up a bag and travel um, about five minutes away from where I was going to take my test and sit with my best friend as they sat there and repeatedly watched her brother be murdered by the sheriffs. Um, and I stayed with her as long as I could that night. I ended up sleeping um, in a friend's spare room and got up and took my exam. And as soon as I finished my exam, I sat there for five minutes, sat in my car and cried and went back to my friend. And um, yeah, I ended up finding out that I passed my exam the day before my birthday. What a roller coaster of just emotions and energy. And I think that's so important to highlight for people that may be listening and maybe they see, especially around this time, people that have passed the exam and they kind of see the highlight reel, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of energy and time and sacrifices that go into pursuing this. Um, and it's not to say that it has to be done in a specific time frame. Because we know sometimes with IPLC, they move that goalpost. Mm -hmm. And so you may be set and mentally prepared to do all the things. And then there's a curveball that comes in. But it's really about staying focused and staying the course and knowing that it is worth it on the other side of that. So thank you so much for sharing kind of that, um, that timeline that you've experienced. So right now... You're currently in private practice and you're out in LA as well as working with WIC. Do you enjoy that dynamic of those two different type of clienteles that you're seeing? Um, I do appreciate um, the fact that I, I am providing support to families who may not otherwise um, have access to support. Um, I am looking to expand beyond WIC at this point. I've been there 10 years um, and it, WIC has its limitations. Um, mm -hmm. And um, within the lactation field, we do not honor and respect and see the value of a PC. Um, and so for me, that is starting to get old. Um, so I am looking to transition. Um, but my time there, I do value it greatly because I don't think my testing to IBCLC, my journey to IBCLC would have been um, as easy. And it wasn't easy, but I'm saying it it, it made it the, the part of easiness that it was. I do contribute that to WIC. Um, I do believe that um, WIC has um, so many benefits for IBCLC because that's where you get the basis of your, your counseling. Yeah. There's not another counselor like uh, a WIC PC. Um, 
And as far as private practice, private practice is, it's exciting. It's suspenseful. It's, um, um, it's all of those things. And, um, you know, I, I understand how some people don't want to do private practice and they would rather work in some type of institution. And I get that. Um, because like I said, it's suspenseful. It's not easy on the heart. Um, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to, you know, make sure I have rent for this month? Um, so unless you are connected in your, you have, um, that knack, um, private practice is not for everybody. Um, but like I said, I love the suspense of it. I love, I honestly love working with people who want the support. And so that's one of the things that I really do love about private practice. Yeah. And I think that's a notable difference is when you're in these, um, you're working for a clinic such as WIC, some of, and most of those parents, specifically in my area, they're either indifferent about breastfeeding or they don't want to. And it's just kind of a step they have to meet with us. And it's not something that they're excited about. So on the back end and working in private practice or working for an employer where clients are seeking us out, it is a completely different dynamic. And it can sometimes be um, more exciting and fulfilling to work with someone who has the same energy and desire to breastfeed as the person that's wanting to support them. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. And so you work in various ways in this field. You do one-on-one support, you teach off course. So share with me a little bit more about the um, realms in which you work in the field. Uh, the Black Course is a full scope professional lactation training course. Um, right now we are offering a 45 hour course. So, you know, that, that, um, qualifies towards IBCLE. Um, it is for amazing Blacktivists, and um, I'm so proud to be um, part of the team. Um, it's myself, uh, Felicia Floyd, aka the Blacktivist, uh, Tonifer Kamara, um, and Ngazi Tibbs. And so we hail from Los Angeles, Oakland, uh, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta and Georgia. So um, we, three of us have worked with WIC, three of us have hospital experience, uh, three of us are doulas, we have a uh, midwife assistant, a birth assistant, um, a certified sexologist. Um, two of us are herbalists. And um, yeah, so we off, we come with a lot. The course, um, our goal is to be able to provide professional lactation training um, for aspiring Black lactivists and those who work within the Black community um, in supporting uh, Black families. And so in addition to getting your basic lactation training, you're going to hear it from the Black perspective. Um, and so while we all have taken other courses, we've added a bit. And so there's there's aspect that you won't get from other courses um, that you get from the Black course. Great point of view. And for anyone listening that's looking and needing some of those like specific, um, highly recommend this course. I have not personally taken it yet, um, but everyone that first cohort were really excited, were really revved up. 
and inspired to kind of keep in this pursuit to becoming an IBCLC or continuing to support families in that way. Do you feel like you have a niche of focus specifically in your private practice? And then do you feel like that has stemmed from your personal breastfeeding journey with your son? Um, I am the ultimate counselor. Um, so I am the person who's going to journey with you. Uh, you know, for the most part, IBCLCs, we're the ones that come in to fix the serious problems. And, you know, while I do that, I am the one that still will journey with you. Um, so my support groups, my classes, um, they are geared towards, you know, answering those questions, um, building your confidence in breastfeeding, um, supporting you um, for any any questions and any insecurities. Um, I do do a lot of additional training um, as far as relationships and things like that. And then also, um, while I support all people, I do have a very specific focus. Um, I do do a lot of training and focus specifically on the Black community, specifically those who of us who have come through slavery in this country. And so my goal is to um, help us to return to breastfeeding, um, heal the trauma that we've experienced, and then make breastfeeding um, our first choice. Um, and make sure that we know that breastfeeding is ours. It was something um, that was taken away from us. Um, it was demonized from, for us. And we need to lay that depravity down at the feet of those that that depravity belongs to. And um, take ownership, take ownership back for the beauty and the honor and the elegance and the wealth that is ours with breastfeeding. Um, and so to provide some healing for village and then maybe to rebuild village um, where we know that breastfeeding is not only healthy, but it is positive within the Black community. Beautiful. And with that sentiment in mind, with you being the ultimate counselor, from one consult to another, it can be completely different. And so in turn, it can be really emotionally draining, just this profession in general, in addition to all the other things that you're doing as far as being a birth worker. What is your why that keeps you going on those more challenging days? I had a hard time breastfeeding. I had a very lonely journey breastfeeding. 25 years ago, we didn't have this support. Um, you couldn't have told me there was Black people that did this, um, much less did I know that there was a difference between the IBCLC and the physical therapist who came and helped me with breastfeeding. Um, who was? She was IBCLC, but I never knew she was the physical therapist. Um, I didn't have a support group. I didn't have... Um, uh, breastfeeding class. I didn't have any of that. It was lonely for me. Nobody knew what I was going through. I have a mother who herself, she was breastfed, but she wasn't breastfed. My mother uh, had me right out of the civil rights movement. So um, she had a twilight birth and um, she had a forcep delivery. And as, while she was still sedated, they gave her the shot to drive her milk. So she didn't know what to do when I had my preemie baby. She just knew that you needed to breastfeed. And I don't know how you're going to do it because I never did it. Um, and she was the same person that when I was coming up, she told me breastfeeding is not for us. That's what white women do. Um, so we didn't, I didn't have that. And so 
my goal is, like I said, to journey with families so that they are not alone. Um, so they are getting um, educated information, that they're not getting um, Dr. Google or um, LC Google or my friend down the street. She said, take this tea and I'll be fine. We, that's not, no, we're not doing that. Um, also, because I consider myself an emerging elder, is to be able um, to provide that nurturing that families don't always have. Um, and then also for, for families with um, now grandmothers who are like my mom, who maybe they didn't breastfeed for whatever reason, um, and, you know, to be able to hold their hand and say, so this is how you support your breastfeeder. This is how you um, support this breastfeeding relationship. Um, and it's not just for mom, but it includes dad, too. I have my heart goes out to dads. I, I, um, I love dads and I want them to be able to take ownership of breastfeeding and to be seen as a valuable um, participant on this team. I love that you highlight the kind of full spectrum of support for a breast or chest feeding person, because once we leave, right, that consult or once we're off that call, that's who they lean into, their partner, their uh, mother, their grandparents. So I think it's so important to keep them engaged and, and inform them how they can support this person as well. Right. Absolutely. So looking back to over a decade to where you started, what is you would go back and tell yourself with all the knowledge and experience that you have today? Girl, do this. Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. Don't wait. You you should have did this a long time ago. Um, you, you get a pass for not knowing, but as soon as you found out, do it. It, it wasn't that hard and it wasn't... Um, it didn't take as long. You were, you took too long um, and you're needed. You're needed. Um, as someone who, who does deal with imposter syndrome, um, yeah, I would have told myself, don't wait um, and, and don't listen to the haters. Um, you got this. You got this and you're needed um, and there is a space for you. You're called to this work. Um, this is this is your appointed time and you've been called to this appointed time. So start doing your work. And then share with us a resource that has been invaluable on your journey, whether that's a book, um, a course, a person, um, what, it, what would be one thing? Um, coming out, um, well, looking back on my personal breastfeeding journey, there was a book and I cannot tell you the name of the book. I don't even think the book is in print anymore. And, um, but it was a book that I found in the hospital uh, gift store and that's what got me through my breastfeeding journey because I literally didn't have anything. Um, my doctors weren't very helpful. Um, even in the hospital when my son was in the NICU, the LC wasn't helpful. And it's interesting because I just supported a mom who that was her LC in the hospital. So I read this book. It was my Bible. I literally kept it next to my bed with my Bible. Um, I read that book in and out. I had pages marked. 
I actually could quote that book line for line. And it was a book about a preemie mom. And it was about, it was, it was about her journey with her preemie baby, but the bulk of it was about breastfeeding. And she talked about her first latch. She talked about how the baby would stop breathing at the breast. She talked about latching when the baby, um, was on tube feedings when the baby was on CPAP support. The baby um, had some uh, higher level IVs. Um, and she talked about all of that. She talked about using nipple shields. She talked about supplementation. She talked about everything. She talked about pumping. And that was my Bible. And that's how I was able to do what I did. And I was able to breastfeed for a year and fill up my mom's freezer, deep freeze with milk. And so that was invaluable to me. And I said that I never wanted somebody to have to go through that. And I didn't want them to have to try to find a book like that, especially because that book isn't around anymore. <laughs> um, as far as a person um, would be my mentor, Kimberly Durden. Um, I met her at a Soul Food for Your Baby uh, collaborative meeting. And I sat across from the table and I promise no exaggeration, it was like you see on the cartoons, the sunbeams, and <laughs> she looked like she was the center of a sunflower, and she was everything. And I remember looking at her, and I was like, I really like you. And she was like, Mama, I like you too. You are great. And we have been together ever since. She has been my rock through this journey. And for the most part, you know, Again, she's been that sunflower and sweet and kind, but there's been a few times where, you know, we had to have those hard conversations. Um, and, you know, I didn't got the through the teeth. Now, I've got to tell you one more time. <laughs> um, but um, I love her dearly. Um, and I'm super proud of her. She is now, um, she heads up her with her partner, Allegra Hill, our very first Black owned birth center here in Los Angeles. And she's doing amazing work. Um, and she's continually giving me the example to keep striving. And so those two, that book and Kimberly Durden, um, I probably could name other things, but um, yeah, those two are the, the first two. <laughs> and so for someone that's listening and they are at the start line, what is a step up or a suggestion or piece of advice that you would give someone that is newly maybe just looked at the Ibelsi website and is feeling overwhelmed? Girl, I feel you. I feel you on that overwhelm because that website, child, um, it is overwhelming. But take a breath and um, make a list of the classes that you need. And including those, I call them the professional development classes, those ones at the bottom um, that, you know, you could probably get in a little package somewhere and knock those out. Um, make a list and just start doing them. Don't wait. Just do it. You will, if you don't have any educational experience, higher level educational experience, you'll probably have a, at least an associate's by the time you finish those requirements. Go ahead and do it. If nothing else, you'll feel better about yourself because you got you got a piece of paper. But go ahead and start knocking those off. Um, take one at a time. You're working towards it. And that's that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to set this lofty timeline where you have to have it in six months, nine months, 18 months. 
it may take you a minute and that's okay. We don't, um, we're not clocking your time. We just need you here. Mm-hmm. And as you learn, help somebody. You're, we need you. Don't let this stuff overwhelm you. It's literally one class at a time. Um, and then when you finish those classes and you got to do those 95 hours, you can take a 95 hour course. Um, you can take a 45 hour course or you can knock it out one, um, one training at a time, but do, but you need to get started. That's it. Get started. Perfect. All right, Lydia, we're going to transition to our last segment called the letdown. Mm -hmm. Um, So these are going to be rapid fire, yes, no, or short answer questions. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. Um, If you knew being a lactation professional was a career option for for having your son, do you think that you would have? No. Do you feel your journey has been worth it? Yes. If you could only name one speaker that you've had the privilege to, to listen to, who would be someone that you would suggest? catch them at a conference or at a webinar? Uh, Mama Hakima Payne. And if you could only name one person, who is someone within the profession that has been the greatest impact on your journey? Kimberly Durton. Perfect. All right, Lydia. If you want to share with us specifically for people who want to work with you, um, what's your contact information, your social media, and any courses or offerings you want to highlight? You can find me all over all over social media, uh, Lydia O'Boyd, IBCLC. Um, you can find my website, LydiaOboyd.com, and you can email me, Lydia at LydiaOboyd.com. Um, for the Black Course, you can find this all over social media at The Black Course. And our website is theblackcourse.com. And you can email us at info at the Black Course. Um, I do, we do have a training coming up. Um, our last two train, our last two court trainings, cohorts for uh, 2021 um, is September and November. Um, and so we still have room. We're still taking registration. That's for a 45 hour course. Um, so absolutely you want to take this course. Um, we will be releasing our 2022 dates soon. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lydia, for your time and all of this wisdom and knowledge. Um, and thank you all for listening to this episode of the Leveling Up and Lactation podcast. You can find out more at levelingupandlactation.com and be sure to share it with a friend.